Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. And I am sorry to say that this is episode number 666 for December 28th, 2020. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Barbu Shots with Programming by Stealth, which is not 666. It is episode 109. What could possibly go wrong, Bart? Let's not make a list. Especially <laughs> given that we're still in 2020, let's not make a list. Don't, don't challenge it, right? <laughs> Indeed. All right, well, what are we going to do today? Today, we are going to learn about some conventions, uh, something called SEMVAR and Structured Commits, and they're going to help us make our repositories easier to read by giving us a way of making version numbers and a way of writing commit comments so that we can just look at a glance and see what's what, and that will allow us to... Exp- enhance our branching policy so we can do two things at once like real human beings in the actual real world. Hmm. Okay. That sounds promising. Indeed. So as before, there is a zip file for the installment, which has a bundle file inside it. Uh, there are instructions in the show notes for converting that bundle into a real repository again for us to play around in. Um, The instructions are very slightly different to the previous weeks because we don't just want to get a single branch this time. So last time we were saying git pull in the name of a branch from the bundle file. Now we're actually getting everything out of the bundle. So the the bundle has two branches and a whole bunch of tags. So we're pulling it all out. So that's if if you notice there was a subtle difference, Mm. that's the subtle difference. And that's why. I should have been paying more attention. I did not notice the subtle difference. Well, what you will see in your output is that it's instead of just saying new branch, it said new branch, new branch, new tag, new tag, new tag. So it listed lots of stuff it pulled out of that bundle file. Ah. So. Ah, right. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. So you've got like a, a full backup of a repository rather than just pulling a single branch like we were doing before. Okay. So the first thing we want to do is name software releases. So... There are, we could do an entire series on this and still not cover everything because (laughs) everyone seems to have a different opinion on this. Microsoft's approach is to name it after the year and then to the two months. So we have Windows 2010, uh, what is it, 2009 or whatever, which means the September 2010 version. Yeah, you know, all these different things. So there's a clear right way to do it then. (laughs) No. However, what is what people generally do like is for it to be numeric in some way. And I would say that what you want from a good system are that it should be simple. If you can't explain the meaning of your version number in a few sentences, it's probably not correct. Okay. You should be consistent. Whatever the rule was for the last version, try use the same rule for the next version. Hmm. I would assume it takes you a little while to converge on that, though. It kind of does, but hopefully you do most of your chopping and changing between projects. Okay. Hopefully. (laughs) Make notes for next time, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Meaningful is the other important one, and that's kind of where things go different, because depending on what you're doing, what meaningful means will vary. So that's one of the reasons different projects end up with different naming and numbering schemes, because they think different things are important, and so they'll tweak their schemes to match what they think is important. And so that's not so much a criticism as just, you know, you should make it meaningful, and for you that might mean you have to include X, Y, or Z. Mm. And the last point is somewhat nerdy, but I think vitally important. It should sort lexically. 
And In lexically words, means what? Lexically is computer science speak for alphabetically. So if Isn't you have it a numerical? Well, but you number digits sort lexically. Hmm. I'm so going to have to look that up and, and make a ruling on that one. <laughs> but I know I know what you mean. I mean, the reason the NoSilicast uh, episodes, the files themselves, mm-hmm. are they're year, 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 dash, month, month, dash, day, uh, day, day. It's done in that order, so it's sortable, and it's a universal, uh, you know, uh, neutral way of sorting, uh, putting dates together. Yes, and also encoded as ISO 8601 if you want a fancy spec for what you've been doing. There we go. Yeah, exactly that logic. Um, so what you want is when you have a folder of stuff, you want it to be in the right order because you don't want to be scanning up and then going, what's the newest version? The newest version should be at the bottom. And if the newest version hmm. isn't at the bottom, your your numbering system is wrong. Okay, okay. So there are lots and lots of different ways. I, I, one of the ones that's become quite popular these days is reverse year. So D. And maybe .or for release number, but that's actually, it's very pleasing in that it sorts well. But if I tell you it's version 2020.12.27.1, is that uh, a whole rewrite? Is that a feature release? Is that a bug fix? You can't really tell okay. from that version number, so maybe that isn't the best way to go, even though I do adore my reverse year, my reverse dates in ISO 8601 format, like you do. <laughs> maybe that's where I got it from. Uh, no, I think you've been doing it long before me. You, you, okay. You've had that scheme since the very early in the Silicast, and I didn't show up until episode like 100 or something. <laughs> so one of the things that's, one of the ideas behind the numbering system we're going to choose for this series is the observation that you can group changes to any piece of software into three categories. Fixes. So what you're trying to achieve does not change, but you made a mistake and you're now correcting the mistake. So the spec says the function should do X. The function actually doesn't. You're fixing it. That's a fix. So the spec That's hasn't changed. different than a bug fix? No, a bug fix is a fix, but a fix could be a typo. I'm being very generic here. Basically, okay. you're not changing what it should do. You're changing what it does do. <laughs> okay. Right? Because you haven't changed the intention. You're changing it to what it should have done. Correct. Correct. Okay. Exactly. So reality comes a little bit closer to theory is what a fix is. Be that a, you know, a bug fix, a typo, that kind of thing. A new feature then is where you're giving it some sort of, you're giving your software something it didn't have before. But you're doing it in such a way that nothing you had before breaks. So you can keep doing what you've been doing, but now you can do this too. So maybe you're writing an API, in which case you've added a new function, or maybe you're writing an app, in which case you've added a new screen somewhere or a new button somewhere or a new menu option. But nothing that the user was doing before is going to suddenly change on them. Right? The user is not going to be discommoded. They're just going to have benefits only, if that makes sense. Well, hmm, that's a... That's a fine line. I would think it's, that adding a new screen where where before it was a drop down, for example, that that does change for the user, right? And yet that's a new feature. It depends because uh, the, the next category is a breaking change. So if you think that you are doing something which is going to force people to do things differently, that's a breaking change, and that is a super that is a subset of new features. Hmm. Okay. So is a breaking change mean it's going to break something for the user? Is that where it comes from? <laughs> 
at least one or user it's more like is breaking going to, news. At, at least some of your users are going to have to do something different. Okay. This is one where it makes my brother cranky because he doesn't like to learn anything new. Exactly. So a breaking change might be very subtle, right? It might be a case that you had a function that takes three arguments and now it needs four. Well, if you don't use the function, it doesn't matter that it's changed, but it is still a breaking change because the 5% of your users who did rely on that function do have to update their code. Or it could be that you've completely changed the UI. And so you used to have two screens for a certain thing, and now you've collapsed them into one better screen. Well, the okay. user now has to adapt and adjust, so that's a breaking change. So a new feature would be more like, uh, let's say you, you didn't used to be able to sort, uh, do a reverse sort, and now you've added a button that allows reverse sort. Yes. You didn't have to use it. Yes, exactly. Because it, it didn't exist yet. Now it does. Yeah. So if your change is purely hmm. additive, basically yes and, then it's simply a feature. But if it's, hmm. yeah, but you're going to have to change something then it's a breaking okay. change. And this is easier with APIs than with GUI apps, because with GUI apps, you can get into all sorts of philosophy. And at the end of the day, you're the developer, use your own judgment, all good. But in terms okay. of an API, it's very straightforward, right? If the function needs different arguments, that's a breaking change. So based on this concept of three types of change, there is a scheme for numbering called semantic versioning, or SEMVER for short. And SEMVER is basically three, three dotted numbers, major dot minor dot patch. Every time you make a breaking change, you increment the major version number. Every time you make a new feature, you increment the minor version number. And every time you do a fix, you increment the patch version number. Oh, Very okay. straightforward. You can add additional labels to the end of um, your version numbers if you really want um, to, to mark things like betas and stuff. There's a full definition of the spec at semver.org. But really, the important thing is it's major.minor.patch. And if you want, you can say dash and then some other stuff. And you can even add in build information if you have a massive big project. But that's... That's not what, you know, so you could have major dot minor dash some metadata you like, plus some build information you like. We're going to keep it really simple here in programming by stealth. We're just going to use basic semver three, three dotted numbers. Okay. Is this really what somebody like, uh, what Google Chrome, it's like 175 character long version number. Are they following this? And They're I've not just following semver. They're, but their their version numbers contain a build number, which is consists, I think, almost certainly of a reverse date. I think that's one of the reasons their numbers get so stupendously big. Basically, every time they hit compile, they increment their build number. Okay. And they hit compile a lot by the looks of things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to use the plain old semver, which is just 1.2.3. And it's actually... Because it has meaning, it's actually very powerful. Um, something we haven't looked at yet is the Node.js package manager. It's a JavaScript package manager. And it's actually aware of Semver. It forces Semver. And if you say, update all of my requirements, it will never update a breaking change. It will only update minor versions or patches. And why, it knows how to do wait, that. Why would the, the Node.js... 
package manager be updating my code? Okay, so you're writing some code that uses jQuery. Oh, oh, okay, that uses jQuery, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, and when so you, Node.js does the update, it won't give you a breaking change. Correct. So if, if jQuery goes from version 3 point something to 4 point something, Node.js will keep you on the 3 branch until you explicitly say, I want to jump to 4, because 4 okay. is a major change, therefore breaking change. Oh, okay, so, got it. So a lot of software tools make use of Semver to do intelligent things because Semver has meaning. And because of the order, major.minor.patch, they sort correctly. So your threes will always be after your four, or sorry, before your fours. Okay. Yeah, so it's actually, it's a very good scheme. The next thing we want is to add some meaning into our commit messages. And what we would like is for the commit messages to be meaningful to human beings like us, because we're going to be looking at them and typing them, but also ideally to be meaningful to computers so that when we move on to do bigger things, we can use automation to speed things up for us. Because if the computer can understand the commit message, you can automate things based on that commit message. Hmm. Okay. And so what you need to do is you need to have a convention for structuring your commits. And I'm not sure it's the world's best name, but a scheme has emerged within the community as being the right thing to do, TM. And it's called <laughs> conventional commits because it's can a convention. We, can we stop for a minute, Bart? You can. Um, you have skipped over like seven paragraphs in the show notes. And I want to make sure I didn't miss something there. Like uh, in the show notes, you start talking about reserving the zero major version for initial oh, development. That was the one paragraph of those seven I didn't want to skip. So let's do. Let's <laughs> but you back. did mean to skip the other six. <laughs> the others are just about if you want to have build information and if you want to have um, if you want to have uh, extra stuff like alpha, beta, and stuff in your version numbers, which. Okay, so that I wrote it in the show notes, and then I decided that since we're a little pressed for time today, and we're not going to do it in PBS, it's not important. Okay, okay, so reading for the student later, but let's back up and pick up this zero thing. What what's this about? Yes, so within Semver, the number zero on the major version is important. If you mark your version number with a with a zero on the major number, that means it is pre-release. That means you are not yet ready for your 1.0 release. Okay. And that is also used by package managers. So you can make a million and one breaking changes without incrementing that zero, because as long as it's zero on the front, breaks are normal because you haven't released yet. But nobody would be getting it if you haven't released it yet, right? Well, except for your fellow developers, because you're collaborating on something. Okay. Okay, and they'd be using a an automated package manager to be getting those. They could well be if you're if you're working. I mean, packages on npm can stay at version zero for years in the open source okay. world. Okay. Um, like, wasn't wasn't Google Search uh, beta for like eight years first? I'm not sure if it was Search, but Gmail certainly spent forever as a beta. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so when you increment it to one, that's when you've got your first official release. Correct. And the other okay. thing that's in the notes that I shouldn't have skipped over is to say you do not ever pad Semver numbers. So you never say zero one or zero two. It's one, two, three, four. Then they won't be in some uh, lexically ordered. 
it uh, depends on your operating system. They will on the Mac. They won't on Windows. But the rules for automated processing are that you don't have leading zeros. Huh. So that is part of the same for spec. Okay. Um, I guess it's hard because you don't know how many there's going to be. So do you do three leading zeros? <laughs> well, see, exactly. Zero, zero, that's I, I think that's the logic for not suggesting leading zeros because those numbers could be arbitrarily big. So if you write very buggy code, you could have 400 patches or whatever. So it could be 1.0.400. You know, you never add a new feature, but goodness me, well, there are a lot of bugs. <laughs> Why is it I think that's going to be important information for me? Okay, now I will let you go to meaningful commit messages. Yeah, I'm going to stop myself one more small time um, <laughs> just to say that if you increment the minor number, you reset the patch to zero. If you increment the oh. major number, you reset the patch and the minor to zero. Okay, so you'd have 1.0.0. Correct. And then immediately realize you just released it with a bug. Would it be 1.0.1? 1. 1. Correct. Okay. And okay, then you so add a new minor feature. Doesn't change, minor doesn't change because uh, patch changed. Bingo. And then you add okay. a new feature, and then you go 1.1.0. Oh, right, 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 because the patch just went from 0 to 1. I'm sorry, the minor went from 0 to, zero one, to 1, so therefore the patch has to go to 0. Yeah. Huh. It does okay. make sense when you see it written down. I actually found it really hard to describe in English, mm -hmm. but it's really obvious when you do it. Yeah, I can picture it. It's like, it's like you've just flipped all the, the little analog cards over and started yes, again. When that's exactly that how it is in my head, yeah. <laughs> I just recently got a, rid of a mechanical clock that displayed as though it was digital. It had little cards that oh, flipped over. I should so have kept easy. it forever. <laughs> Do you remember when the airports used to have those massive boards of the flipping things? And whenever there'd be oh, a new flight, they'd go... I <laughs> <laughs> love that. Anyway, um... So meaningful commits. So conventional commits is the is the standard that sort of won out. Uh, it's an odd name, but I think of it as a convention for structuring your commit messages. So conventional commits, that's how I remember it. Hmm. Yeah, there is a convention. So these are conventional, conventional commits. commits. Yeah. All right. It makes them it sound like they're weird. not imaginative. Oh, they're just conventional. <laughs> Maybe that's true. So... A conventional commit obviously has to have a commit message and the message has to have a first line that is some type, a colon, followed by a short description. It may, if you like, have more paragraphs and it may, if you like, have some footers. But really, the most important thing is its type, colon, description. Okay. And the two most important types are fix, which map to a SEMVAR patch, and feet, which is an abbreviation of feature, which maps to a SEMVAR minor version. And okay. you may also use other types for things that are not a patch or a fix, like whip, docs, or test are common. So if all you've done is add a new test into your project, you might just say test colon added a test for what happens if, you know, the function is passed to zero. So that's, all, a, that's a good question. What is a test? Is a test a patch or a minor or a major? It's definitely not a major. It's none. It wouldn't trigger it's, a release because a test is something only the developer cares about. So it won't trigger, a, it wouldn't trigger a release. So it is just, that's why you would say test colon rather than fix colon. Okay. Okay, so uh, colon. fix colon and feet 
colon, feet colon. both would, would trigger a release, but whip, docs, or test would not. Okay, they could trigger a release, right? You don't, it's not a case that you have to release every time you make a change. You could make five changes today, have five commits, and each commit would be fix colon, fix bug number one, fix colon, fix bug number two, fix colon, fix bug number three. And then at the end of the day, you say, okay, I'm done for the day. I'm going to make one release today. Okay. And I'm going to just bump my patch number by one. Okay. I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to need to understand when do you release. I, that probably depends on whether you're working in a team and you need people to then have that latest version, I would guess. Correct. That, that, that is up to you. That, there's no hard and fast rule. But the thing is, when you release, if you've made, say, f- one new feature and five patches, well, the one new feature outranks all the patches, so you bump the middle number because you've added a new feature. The fact that there are also some patches doesn't matter. You would bump... Oh, really? Okay, yes. so it would, the, the fix... The, uh, the... Shoot, what's a... The last one called, I'm getting mixed up here. The patch would be still be zero. The patch would still be zero because it's basically irrelevant. As soon as there is a new feature, the patches are just, yeah, whatever. They're just, you know, they're noise in the signal. It's what's okay. most important is what matters. And where automation comes in, right? If you, if, you, if you ever see the release notes for an app, and at the top of the release notes, it says new features and then a list, and then it says fixes and then a list. Almost certainly, if you go to GitHub, you will find they're using structured commit or conventional commits. And that list in the release notes is just auto-generated. It just goes back oh, through every nice. commit since the last release and just puts them in the right list. Oh, very nice. So that's the only thing why I wish do they'd this. done here is had the conventional commit names be the same as Semvar, because now I'm having to do a, a unit mm. conversion in my head. Right? I know. I know. Patches and the reason fix, is be- feet is minor. I know. And the reason is because conventional commits come out of a specific software project that did things a specific way, and Semvar came out of something else that did something a different way. And so the two okay. don't quite meet because okay. different people were scratching different niches. All right. So we, I, I'm up to the challenge, though. I can do uh, coordinate transformations. Yeah. So the last thing then is what about breaking changes? Well, in uh, conventional commits, a breaking change is a feature, but it's a feature with an exclamation mark. So you literally say, feet, exclamation mark, colon. It's like, this is a feature and I'm breaking stuff. Oh. There's like a feature. (laughs) Uh, You can also optionally add a footer that says breaking dash change colon and then give a description of the break. Hmm. So your description like, at the top is going to be a description of the new feature, right? Added blah de blah And then okay. if that's not obvious as to what broke, you would then add a footer, breaking change, and then you would say, we upgraded to version whatever of whatever, therefore this only works in Safari. doesn't work in IE6 anymore. Okay, okay. Right, so if you need basically to describe the breakage, you can use a breaking change footer that just says how it broke. If that makes okay. sense. So this all sounds a bit, this is actually w- harder to say than to do. So let's look at some example <laughs> uh, commit messages. So for working work in progress commits, you would do things like whip colon made a start on the new buggers function. 
Which is I'm just glad you you put boogers with parentheses after it to make sure it's correct. Yes, of course. That's that's. I actually do that without even thinking about it. I do so much coding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this is just a very straightforward commit, right? The message is just a type and a message and a description. There's no paragraphs. There's no body. It's just type message, a type description. Uh, then. We could also do, oops, there's a colon missing in the show notes there, whip colon continued boogers function, and then a paragraph added comments in the pseudocode for the algorithm. We could do a docs colon documented the boogers function, or a test colon added unit test for the boogers function. Did you put unit tests in because Jill reminded us we should be remembering to do unit testing? Yes, I did. That is exactly why that's there, (laughs) because Jill rocks. (laughs) If you have a fix commit, then again, fix colon stop boogers from throwing an error every second Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's just a straightforward one. Fix colon upgraded dependencies to apply security fixes, followed by a paragraph describing what we did. Some lib has been upgraded to blah, some other lib to blah. Now, it looks like you're, you write in Markdown when you do this. Is that. You may consi- write in Markdown if you wish. That is okay. basically. Um, Conventional commits don't care, and lots and lots and lots of Git tools are perfectly happy with Markdown. Okay, so if you do it in Markdown, then maybe it'll be nicely formatted when people look at a list of of bug fixes, for example, that yes. have been auto-generated. Bingo, bingo. Because if okay, you're using so some like he's of... got star space uh, backtick some lib backtick, so it's going to be a that'll look like a bullet, and it'll be in monospace font. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, in terms enough. of feature commits, then we could have feet colon added snut function. Mm-hmm. Same sort of idea again, feet colon expanded add function. The add function originally only supported two arguments. Now any number of arguments can be passed. And then another one that's kind of important for breaking changes is that there's a keyword, there's a type refactor you can use if you like. So refactor excavation mark. Changed add function arguments. The add function now requires the numbers to be added be passed as a single array. Breaking change. Add number comma number replaced with add array. So in other words, we okay, have changed so, how this function works. So the breaking change is, in the, is the footer. And then uh, the refactor exclamation point, will that be pulled out as a patch? Um, it would depend on your automation. Normally... It would depend on your automation toolkit how you've configured it to treat refactors. I would say refactor is a patch, but it's a breaking change. Therefore, breaking change always wins. So it's actually a whole big front number has to change. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Um, Oh, breaking changes are major? Breaking changes are major because they force your users to rethink. So anytime there's an exclamation point, it doesn't matter what letters there are in front of the exclamation point, you're now in a major because you've broken something. So, but you could refactor your code in a way that didn't cause a breaking change. Correct. In which case you would not, you probably wouldn't You would use the exclamation point. You would not use the exclamation point. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So the exclamation point is to alert you to, this is going to be a breaking change. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kind of shouty. It's like, ooga, ooga. (laughs) (laughs) So based on semvar and structured commits, we can rewrite our um our branching policy so we started off with a very simple one that 
basically branch main should only contain functioning commits. If it's on main, it has to be a functioning, it has to work. All development work is going to be in a branch named dev, and we can only do one thing at a time. And that was great, except that it forced us to constantly fight with the git merge command. No, no, I insist you fast forward. No, no, I insist you don't fast forward. We had to care. We don't want to care. So we updated our policy to say, the commit at the head of main always has to work. We do all of our development on a branch named dev. We only do one thing at a time. But every time we're finished with something, we merge dev into main and we tag it with a version number. And that means that we don't have to care about whether we're fast forwarding or not. But we can still only do one thing at once. So why don't we rewrite our branching strategy to the first realistic, actually usable in the real world branching policy, which we've now broken down to have three headings. The rules for making a commit. All commits will be conventional commits. All commits of type fix or feet must be functional. In other words, if it says fix colon or feet colon, you should be able to check it out and it should work. Yeah, that doesn't sound realistic. How many feature updates have you ever seen done that didn't result in some fixes the next the next day? Okay, but they're, nonetheless, they are... It's they your are goal. Not, they're, they're not whip, right? They're not... They may be bad hole, but they're whole. <laughs> okay. You, you, believe, you believe in your heart of hearts that they're functional. <laughs> Bingo. That's it. Yes. You, yes. Your belief is you, what matters as opposed to reality. You are, you are undoubtedly wrong, but you're, you're, yes. at that moment, you're still ever hopeful. Okay. Correct. The policy then for development work is that all development be performed on development branches, one for each task. Oh, look, we can do two things at once now. We just have to mm. do them on different branches. Development branch names will consist of a commit type followed by a dash followed by a short description. In other words, we're going to say our branches are going to be something like fix-silly-typo or feet-new-something-or-other. Wait, where so, did this idea come from? I, this is, I've just decided that I think our development branches should be called after fix or feet, depending on whether we're trying to fix something or whether we're adding a new feature in our development branch. Okay. All right. So I, yeah, I, where it came from is my noodle. Um, <laughs> okay. I was just making sure I didn't miss a memo on this. All right. Yeah. Only commits of type fix or feet may be merged into main. In other words, if it isn't working, don't merge it into main. It, oh, okay. So the last, the last commit you do is either going to have fix at the beginning or feet at the beginning. Yeah. Because you're either okay. going to have succeeded in fixing or creating something. So... Your last commit is going to be the good one. Into main, that goes. But none of your whips go anywhere near main until you're ready. Right? Keep them in the development branch. The last yeah, thing is tidy I, up. That's how I end up living on development for like eight months, Bart. <laughs> the last thing is one you're going to find very difficult. Uh, development branches should be deleted when the task they were created for is completed. What? When you're done, you're done. Tidy up. You don't lose what? any of the commits but you get rid of the label. Okay. A branch is only a label. A branch isn't the commits. The branch is just the label. Oh, that's upsetting. But I, I, I see, intellectually, I, told you. I understand. Yeah. I told you you'd find it, uh, you'd find it difficult. And then mm. the last thing is some rules on releases. All releases must be functional. That's, I, I, that probably goes without saying. Why would you release something that's a whip? But that is just stated in our policy. Releases must be merge commits or regular commits of type fix or feet. 
In other words, at the point we have merged something into main, or when we have fast-forwarded main to a fix or a feature. Releases will be named using Semvar. Releases will be on the main branch, and all releases will be tagged with their Semvar prefixed with the lowercase letter V. So V 1.2.3. Um, that's tags, not the commit names. Correct. So we're going to add a tag like we learned so that when we see it in Git Kraken, there'll be nice tags next to each release. So V.1. Did 1.2.3, did that mean something? So that's the semvar is 1.2.3. I just made up a semvar. Oh, okay. Okay, 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 gotcha. And we prefix him with V so that we say, oh, version 1.2.3. And there's no rules against throwing that V in there. No, because that's the name of a tag, right? The version is 1.2.3, but we're tagging it as V 1.2.3. Oh, oh, okay, I got you. I got you. So the, the commit message would be, wait. The commit message will be fix or feet or whatever. Okay. Then does the semvar stuff only exist in this tag? Yes. Okay. This is where it lives. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. So our strategy is that we should be able to look at the repository as a whole and know what branch is safe to check out. Well, the answer is main. You can always check out main. It will always be good to go because the head of main will always be functional. And all the rest of the branches will be obviously not main because they're going to be a fix or a feat. Mm -hmm. We also know which commits do and don't work because if they're working commits, they will either have a type of fix or feat in their commit message or they're going to have a big V tag stuck to them saying they are version whatever. So they're going to be really obviously ready to rock and roll. Okay, because the the commits have tags on them that have these Vs. So right. Let me. I, I want to try to bring this into a practical thing that uh, helps cement it for me, if you don't mm-hmm. mind. And it'll be yeah. self serving because it's my example. Um, I've been working on trying to change my clock. Actually, haven't done any work on it in months, but in theory, I'm still working on my clock because I'm ever hopeful. I have a V1.0. It has two clocks. You can drag the slider. Everything's working. Everything's great. So that's V1.0. So now I'm working on uh, getting it where you can add clocks. Mm -hmm. So I do have working code that adds a clock. You get a new clock. And it does work that it it has the correct time by the city. Um, and you could drag the slider around, but there's there's some other piece that uh, oh at that at that point so that's all working. But the copy the copy the URL and then allowing somebody to paste that URL that copy the URL is completely not functional. So would would that still be all living out on the dev branch, or can that be considered? I mean, you can use some of the code, or are those? Or, no, let me ask a better question. I would say that that doesn't get branched in. Because it's the whole page doesn't work, the whole uh, app yeah, doesn't I, work. Yeah, I would be inclined to my my. I would agree with you. That would be my, my approach would be to agree with you. So it would be. I would say it should be sitting on a branch called feet colon multi clock, or feet, okay feet dash multi clock okay. or something like that. So, but le- this is where I want to see. I'm trying to understand how you would work on two different uh, development things at the same time. So there's two very distinct pieces to making this work. One is creating the clocks, having ha- them have the right time, allowing you to search for a city and being able to drag the slider and all that. The second very distinctly separate piece of this code is to work on whether you can copy the URL. 
can I have those on two different development branch or dev branches? I, I would because that's a feature is copy to clipboard and a feature is multi-clock. So I would right. branch okay. off main feet dash multi-clock and also branch off main feet dash clipboard. And whichever one okay. I finish first will get merged back to main first. And then yeah, the other well, one will merge in later. So that that's an interesting, you probably have to get into judgment on this because the the copy clock or the copy URL button worked just fine until I added multi-clocks. So that became a feat. It's a feat that was working before I made the other feat. It is now not functioning because they're multi-clocks. Okay, well, in that case, there's only the one branch in play because you're not actually making a new feature. You're you're only working on one thing, which is your multi-clocks and two that multi-clock- totally different parts of the code though like i could ha- you could be working on the on the uh getting the copy url to work while i was sure. working on the multi-clock because they're they're completely separated once right. i got it to a certain level you could uh, then i would picture like another dev branch starting to say okay now let's work on these two in parallel but you and i can both work on them on the same branch if I want to have two branches and you won't let me. <laughs> okay, maybe that well, doesn't make sense. You only need two branches if you're doing two unrelated things, right? So if you're saying that the reason the clipboard is a problem is because you have multi-clocks and they're part of the same thing. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I'm just I'm just trying to be cranky on purpose, but okay. No, but that, that helped me work through it where you would, if it was a completely separate thing like um, like what you did where you store your own variables of, you know, I want to have be able to come back to this at, uh, with my own stuff stored. Yeah. That might be, that would be a separate feature. Okay. Correct. So I said we need to clean things up after ourselves. So we need to delete branches, which you're not going to like. Um, mm. So Git only, to Git a branch is just a label pointing at the head of the branch. That's actually how Git stores a branch. It's just the branch named Boogers is has its head at commit bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. That's all a branch is in Git. So deleting okay. a branch is just deleting a label. And so none okay. of the commits disappear. But Git really, 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 really doesn't like it if you end up with a commit that isn't on a named branch, like a little orphan commit. So you could imagine that you have your main branch and everything's fine and you make a new branch and you call it boogers and you make one commit. If you were to delete the branch boogers before you merged back into main, that commit is still in the database, but it now has no name. It doesn't know where it lives. Yeah, it has no name. It's become orphan. The only way to talk to it is to remember its hash. And Mm. so Git doesn't like that. And so Git calls a branch that has like an orphan commit dangling off the top, it calls it an unmerged branch. And by default, it will stop you deleting it. It will say, no, no, merge it, and then I'll delete it. But if you really, really, really want to get rid of that branch, you can change from minus lowercase d for delete to minus uppercase d for delete. (laughs) And Git will then delete the branch and the commits. Okay. Well, that would make. I could see that's a place. That's where you want to abandon this whole path. Correct. It is sensible, but it it is just to say that if you use the capital D, you could lose commits. If you use the lowercase d, which I would say always do by default, Mm -hmm. Git will stop you and say, "Uh, "Sorry, that one isn't merged yet." And then you can make a decision and go, "Mm, "No, I really do mean it." See, that doesn't seem. 
that seems perfectly logical to me. It they're, is. They're always lowercase. But then when you no, damn it, I really need to get rid of this because this is all garbage. I went down a path. It's it's just a big fat mess. Yeah. So basically, it's git space branch space minus lowercase d name of branch. Or if you really, really, really mean it, git space branch space minus capital D name of branch. Okay. So we took everything with us from last time, including that dev branch. But that dev branch was for our old approach, which is we have one branch for all of our development work because we only do one thing at a time. So that dev branch is now meaningless. So let's get rid of it. So git space mm. branch space minus D space dev. Poof. Oh, are we doing that for real in our... our for real. We finally get to type in the terminal? For real, yep. Make it go away. Poof. Okay. Git branch dash D dev. So that's been merged in already. Correct. It's not going to complain. Okay. Perfectly happy. All right. It's gone. Okay. So let me try cement today's work with an example where we do two things at once. So... We're going to do like we do in the real world. Oh, I want to do a new feature. I'd like to add a button on every page of the little carousel with a link that takes you to more information about that programming language. So when you're on the Java screen, there's a button to go to some more information about Java. The JavaScript one will take you to the JavaScript page and so on and so forth. So it's going to be 10 links we're going to add to our page. So we're going to add a new feature that didn't exist before. So we need a branch, which we're going to make prefixed with feet, according to our rules. So I'm going to call it feet-carousel-links. So git space checkout space minus b for make a new branch, feet-carousel-links. And that will jump us onto our new branch. Okay. So that gave me a whole list of stuff with m's in the left column. m readme.md. M contrib slash bootstrap uh, license. That shouldn't be true. Can I'm you do inside PDS 109A. Can you do a git status to see where we are? I can. Uh, on branch feet dash carousel dash links, nothing to commit, working tree clean. Can you do an ls? I can. I have easter egg.png, readme.md, contrib, and index.html. Okay, so you have all the files and it says working directory clean. Yeah. Why did it tell you there was stuff modified? It's talking it about a bunch of bootstrap and jQuery stuff with big M's next to it. And index.html is a big M. And if you do another git status now, is it happy? Well, nothing would, would have changed. I didn't do anything in between. Nothing right, to so commit, working tree clean. So that's really weird. Okay. Because, but it is saying working tree clean, right? So right now the only output from your git status is basically nothing. Right. And it was, I was in PBS 109A and you watched me make it. So I didn't mess it up this time. And you did do the, anyway, we're, okay. we're good. All right. We're good. Uh, it's still slightly weird, but we're good. So okay. rather than making you type, uh, if you go to the folder PBS 109A feet carousel links V1, you're going to find a copy of an updated index at HTML file. Just okay. drop that into your working copy. That has okay, so five. this is where you've added the buttons. Yeah, I have five buttons made because I got five into it and then someone interrupted me with a problem. So at this okay. point in our imaginary story, auga, auga, oh my God, there's a bug fix needed in this completely meaningless project. There's okay. problems. There's inconsistencies in your 
cap- in your uh, descriptions of things, your titles aren't consistent. One of them has three exclamation points. Some of them have one exclamation point. And you're saying you're you're only for, for installment 109, but actually the same repository has been with us since 104. So you're lying to us. We need to fix this immediately. <laughs> Maybe slightly exaggerating. So the very, very, very first thing we need to do is we need to commit the work we've done so far. We've done five out of our 10. So let's make sure we safely commit those. So the first thing is a git commit minus am whip What's that colon. Again? Hang on. So, Minus, so minus AM, that w- something message. Okay, so the minus A means stage everything and then use this ah. message. Okay. So it's our shortcut because we could say git add index at HTML, git commit minus M, but the gotcha, minus AM gotcha. okay. is our little shortcut for two steps in one. So okay. we're giving it the message whip added captions to the first five slides. All right. And there we go, safely committed onto our feet branch. So now we've got to make a new branch for our fix. So the very first thing we've got to do is go back to main because we need to branch off from main, not from our feature branch. So git checkout main. Wait, 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 wait. What? Okay. We were on a feature branch. We're still working on the feature branch. We haven't well, changed. Well, no, we've been we interrupted, finished. right? We've been told, no, no, we've been told drop everything you're doing. There's an emergency patch. Right. But so this that, has never been merged in, so it's correct. still sitting out there. Correct. We're leaving it aside until later because we've been interrupted. So why would we create a new branch? We've already got a branch. We're working on it. Okay, but we're working on this problem. Oh, we're going to go work on the other problem. We're not... Bingo. I got you. Okay, sorry. That's why we're going to do two things at once. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. So to do our second thing at once, we need to go back to where we were before we started our new thing, right? So we've got to go back to main. Ah, okay. That's where we're going to get checkout main. Gotcha. Okay, so git checkout main brings us back to main, and then we make another new branch, and this time it's a fix, so I'm naming it fix-descriptions. So git space checkout space minus b for make a new branch space fix minus descriptions. Gotcha, okay. Okay, so now we're doing our second thing at once. Again, I'm going to save you some typing. There's a folder called pbs109a-fix-descriptions-v1 that contains two files readme.md and index.html. If you would plop those into your working directory. Okay. And now we want to commit our fixes because that's everything's taken care of in one fix. It's just some pedanticism. So git space commit space minus am fix colon descriptions. Minus m made titles consistent. Minus m corrected installment numbers. So... Remember from the last time, if you use minus M multiple times, each one is a new paragraph. Right. So the first one is the title, which follows our rules, fix colon descriptions. And then we're adding a paragraph with some more information saying we made the titles consistent. And we're adding another paragraph saying we corrected the installment numbers. Right. Okay. So there we go. We've just committed. Now we're ready here, right? We're finished. We can merge this into main. Yes. So, in order to merge, very annoyingly, we have to be in we the have destination. To go to where we were. Right. We have to go back to. Yeah, that is weird and annoying. You think I'm sitting on this branch? I want to merge into this freeway. It's like, nope. You got to go over to the freeway and then merge the thing into you. Yeah, you got to reach out and grab it instead of pushing yourself in. I guess don't be okay. pushy. Be pulley. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so git space checkout space main. 
So now we're on main, so then we can say git space merge space fix descriptions. And we don't have okay. to worry about whether or not it's a fast forward because we don't care. We've been freed from that by our new branching strategy. And as it happens, this is a fast forward because nothing else has happened on main. So hey, presto, right. main is now fast forwarded. So do we delete our branch now? Yes, we do. But yes, we do. Um, no, actually we do. It's right there in the show notes. Sorry. I was just checking oh, okay. myself. So we say git space branch space minus D fixed as descriptions. Poof. How come it doesn't do any autocomplete? Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Now, Deleted we, should we should give this a version number. So I actually went back before I created the bundle file and renamed all of the tags from last time into correct semvar. So if you want to see a list of every tag that exists, you can just type git space tag. And you will see we have v1.00, we have v1.1.0, 2.00, and 2.1.0. Okay. So right now, before we've done our fix, we were at 2.1.0. We've now done Can a I fix. Can I guess? Are we going to go v2.1.1 because it's a fix? Ding, 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 ding. All 10 right. out of 10 for Allison. So git space tag space v2.1.1. Right. There we go. We've dealt with our emergency. We can now go back to the thing we actually wanted to get done today. So okay. git space checkout space our feature branch. So feet dash carousel dash links. And so now we're where we left off. Five done, five to go. All right. So you will find another folder, which can be called pbs109a-feet-carousel-links-v2, which contains index.html. You know what I'm going to say. Replace the one in your working copy with this one. There you go. You've saved your typing. The last five are now completed. All right. So we can now add, we can now commit our finished feature. So git space commit space minus am space feet colon added more info links for each programming language. Sorry, added more info links for each programming language is how that should be said. Okay. Uh, there we go. That's ready. So, so let me guess. We have to switch back to main, and now we can delete it. Sw uh, merge first, then delete. Oh, switch right, Switch to right. main, merge it in, then delete. Yeah. Well, it exactly. wouldn't have let me do it, because I wasn't going to put a capital D, right? Correct. It would have stopped you, and you would have gone, oh, silly me. Git is actually quite good at stopping you doing silly things. It's quite helpful. So yeah, git space okay. checkout space main means we jump over to main. Then we pull in our new branch. Now. I'm going to give this git merge a message because I happen to know that this is going to be a full-on merge commit because we did a fix on main since last we left it. So this so can't this be a fast forward. this will require a fast forward? Well, no, we can't fast forward because that fix is in the way, right? Main's this already is... ahead of us. Okay, aren't we going to get ahead of it? We are, but that means we don't fast forward. That means we do a full merge. Okay. Fast forward is just grab it and pull it forward. Yeah. But the merge, this means we need to take the stuff that's, well, it's I two thought sets the other of one was already at the top of main, though. Right. You're right. It is. But since the point we branched off, we fixed those titles and we mm -hmm. fixed those version numbers. And our dev branch doesn't have that chain. Our dev branch only has the 10 links. 
Right, but if we switch to main and we merge our this this feet thing back in, doesn't it? If we're at main, we've got those fixes. Correct. You're right, but so the action is we have to consolidate the most recent commit on main with our new change. It's not a fast forward because main has changed. Right, it has to apply brain. I guess I've got to. I got to think about this visually. Is is main had nothing above it as we went above it with the the feature last week when we 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 did a branch, mm-hmm. and then when we came in, we just sucked it forward. But right now, there's something well, in the but, way. But the head of main is at the top already because that branch doesn't exist. Okay, but the point is there is a commit between the point we left main and the point we want to rejoin. Okay. All right. Right. Okay. So if there's a commit between when you leave or when you come back, you can't fast forward because you, you have to merge the change that happened since you left main with your changes. Okay. A fast forward is only possible if main is unchanged since you departed. Okay. All right. So what do we, so we, we merge first and then we have to do something else after that? No, no. The merge will take care of it all for us. But that's the same language we did last time. We said merge. Correct, because we now don't care what Git does under the hood. So Git is going to figure out whether or not it can fast forward. It can't. So Git is going to do a full-on merge for us. But we don't have to... We didn't have to figure that out. Oh, okay. Okay. You're just telling us that's what's going on under the hood, but it's going to figure that out for us. Bingo. Bingo. Okay. So we just say Git space merge space feet carousel links minus M feet colon carousel links... Minus M, added links for more information to each programming language in the carousel. So in other words, we get a two-line message. The first line is just feet, colon, carousel links. And then we have a second paragraph with some more details. Added links for more information to each programming language. All right, now it says auto-merging index.html. Yeah, so now index.html has some changes I made to oh, put let, three I'm sorry, just just saying, I want to, what I'm trying to point out is now it says auto merged, where the last time we did it, it said fast forward. So Perfect. it tells us what we're doing under the hood. Okay. Correct. Excellent. Yes, that is exactly what I hoped you would notice. Okay. The other thing I'm going to flag for you is that Git has done something very clever here. We changed some lines in index.html in our fix, and we added some lines to index.html in our feature. Mm-hmm. So the same file has been edited by two different sets of commits, mm-hmm. and Git was smart enough to reconcile those differences on our behalf. Ah. Entirely automatically. But if and you had done a change to the same exact line, it would have would barfed have, at us? It would have, then we would have had a merge conflict. Ugh. And that's what next week is going to be about. Next week, I'm going to intentionally edit the same line twice. Oh, no. This time, I have very cleverly not done that. Because, to be honest, most of the time, you don't have a conflict. You have thousands of lines of code. What are the chances you're editing the exact same line all the time? Right? If you commit early and commit often, maybe not very high. Yes, 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 yes. That is is a very good point, actually. The more disciplined you are, the less less, uh, conflicts you have. I wonder if that's a lesson for life. Be be a good citizen and you won't have conflict. <laughs> <laughs> I may be reading too much into this. Um, we've now successfully merged, so we should delete our feature branch. So git branch minus d feet carousel links. And we should uh, tag our release. Now, this is a new feature. So we were at 2.1.1. 1. 
We've added new features, so we go to. Well, we've got to reset the the patch number to zero because the uh, minor is going to go up. Is ma- but major didn't major didn't go up. So two dot two dot zero. Bing bing bing. Ten okay. out of ten. So there we have it. Now the last thing I have in the show notes is just a screenshot of how Git Kraken looks now. And the reason I've included the screenshot is because I want to draw your attention to a feature or a something to notice. So the branches we made today don't exist anymore, right? If you look at the list of branches under local, it says one slash one. In other words, we're on branch one of one, the branch named main. So the dev branch we were using last week is gone. And our two branches we temporarily created this time are gone too, right? They're not listed. You agree with me? I don't have it open in. Okay. The, the oh uh, well, the screenshot you will find under uh, docs assets PBS one oh nine. I'm going to take your word for it because that would take me a long time to find. Okay. The point being, the names are gone, but when you look at a picture of the the shape of the repository, mm-hmm. you still have parallel lines. Oh. Because the okay. commits were done in parallel with each other. Those parallel lines just don't have a name. Okay. So we haven't lost any commits and we haven't lost any of the history, but we just don't have these needless names cluttering up our list oh, of branches. I thought, I thought the little branch graphic would disappear. Nope. Because the branch is only a label. So the okay. actual structure of which which commit has which commit as its parent is baked into the commit. The commit knows who its parents are. Yeah, I was kind of afraid that was going to disappear. I know, that's so I why I thought you would be very stressed there. about deleting branches. And that's why I made sure to put the screenshot in. Okay. Or let me put it this way. It will be there when the people listening are there. Bing, bing, bing. Um, and the other thing is, only one of our two branches is now visible as a remnant of this repository structure. The one that got fast-forwarded has left no remnant because it was never really in parallel. Wait a minute. Say that again? I'm now looking at the screenshot that everyone else will be able okay. to see. So when we started today, we were at the tag v v2.1.0. That's where we started our work today. Okay. And you will see at that point, a new branch breaks out. Right. And the first thing you meet is our whip added captions to the first five slides. Uh-huh. And then we got interrupted and we made a whole new branch called fix. And we did our fix and then we merged that back into main. But main was able to fast forward. And so the fact that it was briefly away and then merged straight back in that loop is missing because there was nothing happened on the loop that didn't also happen on main. Oh, okay. So the fast forward ones, after you delete their branches, they disappear. But the ones that are true merges get to maintain their little graphic of the branch. Bingo. Bingo, bingo, bingo. That's it exactly. Huh. That's kind of interesting because the the way the graphic shows it, you can't really tell which of the commit messages go with the branch or the main. But doesn't, doesn't matter because really it's matter, all there exactly. in the end. Yeah. yeah. So you can see the history, but the fact that we had called it feet-carousel-links doesn't matter. What matters is which who's the parent of who. Okay. Okay. 
By the way, anybody listening who would like Bart to go back and change the typo in one of his commit messages that shows up in the graphic, he's not going to do that because if he does that, he has to rewrite the show notes because the hash would have changed. I noticed my hash was different than yours and I kept looking to see what I had misspelled, but it was because you spelled five F-I-C-E. So this is a perfect example of where don't fix it. Yeah, don't fix it. Yeah. Basically, you your hashes are correct. My hashes are wrong because I had that typo in there and I fixed well, the they're show not, notes. They're not wrong. They're right. That is the Fair hash point. of F-I-C-E. So that's perfectly fine. But uh, that does get us back to the whole, your desire to uh, uh, fix a commit message. You might as well just move on with your life. I certainly am. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, in this case, it would be a lot of work to fix it for that. But th- that way you guys can follow along now and be excited when you do it, that you see that uh, it's different. Indeed. So that's where we're going to draw a line under it for this time. But next time, we're going to make our changes conflict. And then we're going to go into the peacemaking business and resolve some conflicts. <laughs> okay. I hope that's easy. It is. No, it is. It is. I've been doing a lot of reading and prepping because I'm so scared of the next installment. It's fine. (laughs) Okay. Again, commit early, commit often. Definitely. If you you wait a long time, it's not as easy. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, because the bigger your conflict, the harder it is to reconcile. (laughs) Right? Right, right. Anyway. All right. Well, we made some progress. This is fun. This is so interesting. It's it's completely different than anything else we've learned in programming by stealth. So I'm I'm enjoying it. Excellent. Well, long may that, well long may that continue. But we're we're making really good progress here. So we are actually getting our way through all this git stuff. Anyway, good. Until we speak again, which will probably be in two weeks ish. Uh, until then, happy computing. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad-supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the PodFeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSilla Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other NoSilla Castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.